You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning and thank you for joining us this morning with the Metro LA family. I am so honored to be here. Uh, Thank you for giving me this opportunity to worship with you. And I want to say a special love and special hugs and virtual hugs and welcome to uh, our, our, our Metro LA family, as well as our spiritual family beyond who are tuning in this morning. Um, it's great to be here with you again. My name is Cesar Lopez, and I serve in the, the Valley Ministry out in the North Region. And from our spiritual family to your fam- spiritual family, we give you a big hug and a big love. Also, a very special welcome to those who are visiting for with us for the very first time. Uh, you are our special guest, and we want to say thank you for taking time out to uh, worship God with us this morning and pray that you would consider this to be a spiritual home for you. Uh, before I start, I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for just the partnership and the friendship that I know my wife and I have and we have out there in the North Region uh, with our family here. A special thank you to the Webbers for their shepherding heart that we feel their love and faith all the way over there and beyond. A special uh, thank you to Reese and Grace, whose friendship and uh, partner in studying together as we uh, studied in school for the last past two and a half years or two years together uh, and and just served together throughout the years. It's just a blessing to have you guys as best friends. Uh, Also, um, Robert and Michelle Carillo, um, nothing but love and respect, who uh, a couple that has lifted our hearts and our um, our spirits in many ways in different places throughout the years. Uh, Jennifer and I value them so much. And um, also very special thank you to the, the people in the metro L.A. region. Um, our friendships and our relationships goes back ever since I was a young Christian. Um, so many fond memories with many of you. I could go down the list from playing a gin rummy with the Simmons to uh, Bob Henley helping me when my car got stuck out in the valley a couple of weeks ago. Uh, your love, your faith, and your resiliency throughout the years is definitely a very um, worthy of imitation. And I want to say thank you. And a special thank you for Turnwell, who always does so many things behind the scenes to, to help all of us understand that the Spirit of God is alive and working today. And that's my prayer for you today, is that you will be open to where the Spirit of God is leading you, trying to grab your attention, and also that you would be open to participate in where the Spirit of God is trying to get you to engage in your life, your family, your community, and in this world. And we uh, continue our um, series about parables And we'll be talking about another story of Jesus. And I want to share with you about a parable that helps define or redefine success and life. My prayer is that today that you would listen to the Spirit of God, find out where He's trying to show up in your life, to interrupt you or grab your attention, and not only listen, but to be able to participate on where the Spirit of God is trying to help you engage, whether it's personally, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your community, or whether in in this world. Especially at a time when many people are trying to figure out the new normal. As the restrictions of the pandemic is, is lessening, 
more people are trying to figure out what does this mean going forward. And I hope that this lesson today through God's word will help you and inspire you and think about the life that God wants you to have. And I want to share with you another story of Jesus, a parable, where it talks about life, where it talks about success. And I hope that this parable or the story of Jesus will help you understand the importance of never, ever forgetting God. We'll be taking this out of Luke chapter 15, verse 13 to 21. It's called the parable of the rich fool, but I call it the parable of never forget God. So we'll look in verse 13 and verse 21, and let's start. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appoints me a judge or an arbitrary between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. In verse 18. Then he said, then he said This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods, and I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how we'll be with anyone who stores up treasures or stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. I love this passage. 30 years ago, this passage changed my life. It impacted me, and it still does the same today. And it helps me in many ways. Being brought up as sort of like this rich fool, I can relate. Being brought up in the hills and Palos Verdes, having family businesses without, throughout the South Bay. That's why I love connecting in the Metro LA because it brings me back to remember where I came from, my roots before knowing God. It helps me, it reminds me of how, what God has done in my life. And as I look at this passage and I look at this parable and we look at the story of Jesus, I hope it'll help minister to you and I to look at different areas because there's a purpose in this parable. As we'll look right here. Jesus is trying to show the problem of the parable. As Luke continues to, to, uh, to let us see in this parable of Jesus, that not only there's the purpose of this parable, there's a problem in this parable that he wants us to understand, but also the possibilities. And that possibilities can make a difference in my life, in your life today. And let's look first at the purpose of the parable. So in Luke 15, and you go back to verse 13 to 15, what we see here is Jesus is speaking to the crowds. And then all of a sudden, this man comes and interrupts Jesus. And he not requests Jesus. Look what he does. He demands Jesus. And he says, teacher, tell my rabbi to divide the inheritance with me. He demanded Jesus to be a mediator. 
as a rabbi, as a teacher. He didn't request, he demanded. And what Jesus goes on and he talks about the parable of the rich fool. And he says right here, there's a purpose of this parable. And he says something about this rich fool. He said that he's not foolish for working hard. He's not foolish for making wise investments. He's not foolish for having a, 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 some good choices in his life. And that's the thing that this parable can challenge some of us today is that is it wrong to have a nice house? Is it wrong to have a, a nice car? Is it wrong to have a, a good, healthy portfolio? But what we see here, what Jesus is trying to point out, is the moral behavior of this rich farmer. See, money's not bad, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus was trying to point out not so much how important it is what we have, but how we use and how we look and how we appreciate all that we have. Jesus was pointing out how this successful farmer was living a life that was missing something. And that's why he says, watch out. He said, be on your guard. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. So this guy he was ministering to wanted a, a, a quick decision. He actually wanted Jesus to be on his side to get the inheritance. What Jesus saw in his heart with that person was just concerned about one thing. What do I get? What's my success? How do I get the best deal or how do I leverage the opportunity? And Jesus saw and shares about a story here about the person's heart. And he says, watch out. He said, he's warning him about covetedness. It's covetedness is a strong desire for something, someone, someplace. That's why in the Dead Ten Commandments, in the tenth one, it says, thou shalt not covet. When we have the spirit of covetedness, what happens is that we get so fixated on what we want. We get so fixated on that one thing, that one person, that one place, that we create blind spots. And the only thing that we want is me. The only thing we're concerned about is me, myself, and I. And that's why Paul tells first in Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, about the importance of contentment. See, what happened was the problem in the parable that Jesus was trying to bring to the surface was that the person had a problem with his heart. But what the man does who's asking for help, he wants Jesus to fix the situation. He wants Jesus to change the situation. But he actually didn't really want his heart to change. And that was the problem, is that Jesus pointing out here what happens when we covet, when we get so fixated and Jesus was trying to help him see the importance of changing the heart. Our behavior is a reflection of the heart. The person asked Jesus to fix his situation, but did not ask Jesus to fix his heart. And you know what? Jesus knows his heart. Jesus knows our heart. And that's why he said, you got to watch out because there's a danger when we get so fixated on coveting. Like King David. And King David, we saw what happened. He wanted Bathsheba. And being so fixated on what he wanted, 
it led to other sins and led to other dangers. You know, in Psalms chapter 10, what happens when we have a spirit of just so fixed in what we want, in verse chapter 10, it says, he boasts about the cravings of the heart and leave no room of God in his thoughts. See, that is the purpose of this parable, is that Jesus is saying, you got to watch out. you got to watch out when you are fixated on something you strongly want because there's a problem to it. And that's what we see here. See, there's a purpose. The purpose is that Jesus is trying to help them see what's in the heart of man. That's why he tells the parable of the farmer. But he continues. He goes deeper and says, here's the problem. And in verse 16, he says that this certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, I have no place for my crops. This man hit it big. The person that Jesus was talking about hit the jackpot. And can you imagine what the guy was thinking? He said, yeah, that's what I want. But then he was sort of startled after saying, you got to watch out. Because a man, his possessions, his life does not consist in the abundance of a possession. But he goes a little deeper and he talks about this rich farmer. Can you imagine what the guy who came up to Jesus was thinking about? Got excited. Yeah, that's what I want. But he goes in deeper. And he says he shows this man through this parable. He said, this rich man hit it big, but he thought to himself, I have no place to store my crops. And he continues. He says what this farmer is going to do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store more grain, more goods. And in verse 19, and I made it to the top. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. You would think that this guy really made it. In one sense, he did in the eyes of the world, but... Jesus trying to help them. There's something missing. What was it? Through this man's success, through him acquiring all that he desired, he forgot God. He forgot God. How? Because he had the wrong idea of what success is all about. He had the wrong idea of what being rich is all about. And what you see here is something very humbling. And very sobering. Look deeper in the problem of this parable. He thought to himself, I have no place for my crops. What is What was the first problem we see here is that he's all alone. He has everything that he has, but he's all alone. In verse 19, I'll say to myself, there are six times was referred to I, there's a living different times when the personal pronoun was mentioned. What he thought was success was self-reliance. Self-reliance equals success. But what we see right here, it actually equaled loneliness. There was no one else there. Made it to the top, but you know what? Mm. 
something's missing. Goes down deeper in verse 19. He says that you have plenty of good things. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. So what else do we see the problem? He forgot God because he thought being self-reliant was was the key. He thought being self-reliant was success. But we see right here, there's another thing that allowed him to forget God, was that he had plenty of things, so he thought success means the more I have, the better person I am. The more I have, the better I am. And Jesus is trying to bring this point across to help the gentleman who came up and asked him to look deeper in his heart. Look what else he does. He helps him see another part of the problem. How do they get to the point of forgetting God? In verse 19, he not only says, look, I've got a lot of stuff. Now, I'm by myself. But he says this. His mantra was, take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. His attitude was this. I have all the time. I don't need to worry about God. I need to only worry about myself. He was rich in his eyes, rich in the eyes of the world, but there was something missing because in the eyes of God, he was spiritually bankrupt. And he says later on, anyone who stores up things for himself but forgets God is scary. What Jesus says, it's very obvious they're lonely, but what Jesus says right here, it's very foolish to be in this place or to live like this. This passage really convicts me, and it reminds me of what I define life like, what, what I define what life is like, or success, when I didn't have a deeper understanding of Jesus. Being from a second-generation immigrant family, my parents worked hard to pass on the family business to me, to even give me the aspirations to get into politics and even dream to become the, the president, run for presidency in the Philippines. And that was my dream. And, and I did whatever it could to be, to live out that dream. But the, the, the irony is that though I had the nice cars, though I had the nice clothes, though I had the nice title, there was something missing inside. I was so caught up in me, myself, and I. I had the German cars. We had different limousines we could take. We had a fleet of cars. We, it, we just had a lot. But you know what? There was so much loneliness among myself and among my family to the point where there's a lot of strife, a lot of hatred, to the point where I became very embittered because I never thought I could be enough. So what do you do when you think you don't be enough? You try to acquire more. What happens when you don't think you could meet that other person's expectation? You try to increase your accolades, your credentials. And you know what happens? You get caught up in, in a hamster wheel of life or a treadmill. And along the way, I did go to church but you know what? It was only to make me feel good. And along the way, I hurt so many people. My parents, my sisters, my girlfriend back then, especially when she told me that she was pregnant and I didn't want to have the child. 
I didn't want to have the child because this will ruin and sidetrack or slow me down from what I thought success is and what life is supposed to be. Yes, I was the rich fool. And it broke my heart when she wanted to keep the baby. And I didn't. No second thoughts. And from that, it created a lot of hurt and deep resentment. She ended up finding God, and she ended up helping me find God. But see, at that time, I never thought that I could be faithful to one woman. I never thought I could be a father. I never thought I could love my family. I never thought that I could be pure. I never thought that I could be what God wants me to be. But when I understood what Jesus was trying to give about life, and I understood what it means to put God into the equation, to put him center, to trust his words, to understand the spirit of God, to understand forgiveness, you know what? It changed my life 30 years ago. And, and I love, I love that woman who helped me change my life. In fact, she's my wife today. I love being a father, which I never thought I could be a father. I love what I do because of Christ. We don't have all the nice cars anymore, though I wish we had at least one of them. We don't have the house on the hill. We don't have what we had in terms of portfolio or whatnot. And sometimes it get a little depressing. But you know what? What I do understand now there's a richness in God because God is in the center. God is alive. And I say this to you because this passage is so convicting after 30 years. What does this mean to me now? What it means to me now is that the old rich fool in me can come back if I do not keep God or when I do forget God. So that's why it's so important for you as brothers and sisters to understand you are precious. You are special. The decision you make that Jesus is Lord is priceless. But we've got to understand that if we forget God, what happens is that we can worry about me, myself, and I. What happens, we can start redefining what success is or life is. The more I have, the better I am. You know, self-reliance. I don't need anybody but myself. Or I have all the time in the world. You know what? We see here that Luke shows us the problem or the purpose. He shows us the problem. But he also shows us the possibility. And what Jesus says right here, as he ends this parable, he says, this is how... This is how it will be with anyone who stores up themselves, stores up things for themselves, but not rich towards God. See, the possibility is this, being rich towards God. Being rich towards God. You know, I've had many conversations the last past couple weeks, months, with very wealthy people, very poor people, older people, younger people, hurting people, people who are dreaming. And what's interesting, as everyone's trying to re-engage in the new normal and going forward. It's interesting the conversations I pick up when I hear from other people and when I hear from myself is that there's times where there's a lot of excitement, a lot of fears, but then at times I could catch myself and I listen to other people and it's very clear 
where there's more talk about God and where there's less talk about God, if any. And there's a lot going on. But we've got to understand, as we embrace our new normal, as we figure out what does it mean to hit the spiritual reset, to re-engage as the restrictions are going down, to deal with the mixed emotions that have taken place in the last past 12 months, to embrace the new things that God has in store for you and I, we got to understand this. We cannot forget God. God has taught us a lot of lessons. Don't waste the last year and a half. Understand we're going to be dealing with different emotions. Let us not forget God. So what does that mean, being rich in God? It means this, being rich in thankfulness to being rich in our gratitude. In Luke 12, verse 22 to 25, Jesus says, don't worry about life. I got you. I got you. We've got to take time to be thankful for the relationships we have. We've got to take time for the forgiveness that God has given us. I tell you what, I was on the trajectory that rich young, rich fool, the parable of the rich fool, and with all the sins, I tell you one thing that really convicted me is when I wanted to take my own life. Here's a guy with a 930 Porsche, a 911 Porsche. Here's a guy with all the Italian clothes. Here's a guy that everyone knew I was entering in the political field. A lot of people, but yet lonely. Because when you get in that situation, you don't know who to trust. Everybody just wants something. I'll never forget when I wanted to take my own life by taking a gun out. And wanted to end it there. But you know, I'm thankful. I got a second chance. I'm thankful that I could see that God loves me. I'm thankful that God has given me what I have that is no longer dependent on how the world defines who I am, but what's important is God. Forgiveness. You want to be rich towards God, take time to be thankful rich in God. You know, another thing in being thankful is this, rich in simplicity. Rich in simplicity. Slowing down to consider and reflect all the good things we have in God. In Luke chapter 12, verse 27, 28, Jesus, consider how the lilies. Jesus, can you can you just slow down and just take a look at the lilies and how they grow? They're special to me. But what's more special is you are the lilies. And, and, and you know what, what Jesus tried to say is that sometimes we just got to slow down. Take a time to step back and reflect. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of mixed emotions, conflicting emotions that you will engage personally and you will engage with other people. But you got to make sure to take time out to reflect those mixed emotions. You got to take time to engage at a healthy pace and to embrace the new things God is doing. You got to understand this. The last past year and a half, me, a lot of people, mankind has experienced trauma. And what trauma does, it drains our energy. And what it does is it, it you and I, I don't know how you are, but energy is maybe a little different than it was a year and a half ago. So you got to get back in the groove of what it really means to walk with God after all that we've been through. 
to find a safe place by how being rich in thankfulness. Take time to thank God. Take time to thank other people. And also, rich in simplicity. Finding a practice that's going to help you get centered with God. For me, it's silence and solitude. And, and that's an awkward thing for a guy that's so anxious. But I've learned to value, like Jesus, getting away. Going to my favorite spots. I have my favorite spots. I could tell you, but I can't tell you. Because if I tell you, you're going to join me there. But it's a favorite, silent, secret place where my wife and I get Sunday afternoons as the sunset goes down. We don't say much, but we look out in the ocean and we reflect and we thank God. Another thing to do in simplicity is surround yourself with like-minded people. People, friends, spiritual family, that's going to help you understand all that we have in God, especially in the simplicity. And the last thing is rich in generosity. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32 to 33, Jesus says, Don't be afraid and sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. Treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As we reflect on how much we have in God, and we look back at the year, last year and a half as we go forward, this, let this parable, let the Spirit help you and I understand that being rich in God is not only being grateful, embracing His simplicity, but also the ability to give and be generous and to serve others, whether it's our finances, whether it's availability, or whether it's our time. That there's a beauty when we have the opportunity to give because we understand all that we have is from God. And I think that was the problem with the parable of the rich fool is that he didn't understand. He was a farmer because of God. He didn't understand that the barns because of God, the soil because of God, the blessings because of God, because he forgot God. See, when we're generous, you know, it's interesting is that when you give, you really get more in return in many ways, because we're doing what God wants us to do, especially time. We're in a world right now, we're in a world where people are wanting to process, are wanting a safe place. They're asking for hope or looking for hope. They have questions about God. More people have more questions about God. They want to make sense of everything that's taking place. So think about how rich you and I are in God by being grateful, by taking time to be to embrace the simplicity, but also to share with others the good news. You know, many of us have been through so much, and also we've known people who've lost friends or relatives that have passed on. Got a world that's hurting. I've had many good friends that I, that I know that have passed on. Some went out in, in the glory of God, and it's been a blessing, but yet, regardless, it's always hurting, especially when you lose somebody. And we have an opportunity to really sit and listen with people today. You're rich in God. You're special in the eyes of God. You're valuable in the eyes of God. Yeah, you may get fixated. Oh, no, maybe this, this, 
This pandemic, this challenge has set me back financially. Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe some say, oh, no, I actually done well during the pandemic. Okay, great that you did. Understand this, the importance of never forgetting God and who you are in your relationships, in your family, in our church, in this world. In closing, Luke shows us the story of Jesus and how this man defined success and richness in the wrong way. But Jesus is actually showing it that it goes from understanding what it means to never forget God by changing on the inside, by changing our heart. That is the richness. Because like what he says right there, eat, drink, and be merry. All that we have is temporary right now. The, the rich fool thought this is it, but no, there's more. There's more. And if you understand the value of who you are with God, you'll understand this is just temporary. And really, the best is yet in front of us. I hope that this parable, that the words of Christ, has helped you to listen to where the Spirit is trying to get your attention and where to engage. And for those who are visiting, we, we pray that you will go further. Send a message. How can we connect, engage, questions, conversations, pray for you? I pray that the story of Jesus has helped all of us understand the importance of never, never forgetting God. God bless you. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.